Economic news on SAFM. Facts and figures you can count on. Yeah, Sakina, I mean, I think let's start off by saying that Moody's uh, currently has South Africa two notches above sub-investment grade. Um, you know, whereas before the da- before it, uh, as S&P and Fitch downgraded South Africa, they in fact had us on the lowest investment credit, uh, the lowest investment grade uh, credit rating. So Moody's already have us one notch above uh, where S&P and Fitch had us previous uh, prior to 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 downgrading us. Um, so even a one notch downgrade would imply that South Africa would remain investment. Grade. So, you know, noting that, um, you know, it's probably prudent to say that Moody's, uh, they were in, in the country last week talking to National Treasury, talking to uh, various businesses and labor, and, uh, you know, making their assessment of what they believe the long-term trajectory for the South African economy is and how sustainable is the amount of debt that we have relative to that. And I think it's fair to say that, um, you know, Moody's has probably been, um, you know, the, the, the most bullish on South Africa from the three ratings agencies, hence the higher credit rating. Uh, but it's going to be very difficult for them to maintain uh, a credit rating two notches above the other two credit rating agencies, particularly as they maintained a negative outlook on South Africa even after downgrading us to sub-investment grade. So, you know, I think uh, what we can expect is probably a one-notch downgrade. Um, what that means is that we still remain uh, investment grade according to Moody's. Um, what's going to be critical to watch is whether they're going to keep put us onto a stable uh, outlook or maintain the negative outlook because the negative outlook, as we know, uh, could mean that there there could be further downgrades to come in in the next 18 months. And, uh, you know, we know that South Africa's growth, first of all, um, is structurally structurally very weak. Um, You know, although uh, we're improving off a very, very low base due to, uh, you know, the mining and manufacture, the the mining and agricultural sector recovering uh, primarily off the back of relief from the drought with regards to agriculture cultural sector and predominantly with regards to uh, improving commodity prices in the mining space resulting in increased activity there. So, you know, there's some base effects which are improving growth from those two sectors um, and we're likely to see South Africa avoid a recession in, in terms of two negative quarters of growth when we see um, you know, the first, the first quarter growth numbers coming out. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, we're not growing nearly fast enough to make a dent in, you know, our closing in on 50% debt to GDP numbers. So, Sakina, considering all these factors, we're likely to see a one-notch credit rating downgrade from Moody's um, in their upcoming assessment and, uh, you know, probably maintaining their negative outlook, unfortunately, because of our structurally weak growth um, and, our high, and our high unemployment. So we'll have to wait and see what comes out. So whilst we wait, Nadir, uh, Moody's have uh, downgraded China by one notch. Uh, so tell us about that. Yeah, look, I mean, it's, it's not exactly directly comparable, you know, because mm. they had China on the fourth highest credit rating and downgrading them, they still have the equivalent of an A-plus uh, credit rating, you know. So China still, uh, you know, they still believe their credit to be fairly sound, just, uh, you know, less sound than it was given the direction of the Chinese economy, uh, given the need for uh, the government to inject fiscal spending in order to prop up economic growth in this transition period as they transition away from uh, investment and debt, uh, debt-fueled uh, economic growth to more sustainable consumer-driven economic growth. And as they're going through this transition period, um, you know, the, the ratings agencies are very concerned about the level of debt in the Chinese economy and how sustainable it is and the, the level of fiscal uh, expansion which will be needed to sustain economic growth. So, you know, I think, uh, you know, it's been 
been playing on investors' minds for a very long time. Uh, you know, this insidious rise um, in debt in, in debt within the Chinese economy. And if you look at the non-financial sector's debt uh, as a proportion to GDP, has also been escalating at an alarming rate. Um, you know, for the last five years or so, and we, we're looking at that at about 35% de- debt to GDP of the non-financial private sector. Um, we're looking at the government has a debt to GDP number of close on 40%, which is started to escalate to about 45% by the year 2020. Um, and, you know, this is at a time where they have very limited scope for monetary policy stimulus, given the depreciation of the, of the renminbi. Um, and, 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 and as a result of that, um, you know, they're going to rely on fiscal expenditure to, to sustain economic growth. So in line with what a lot of investors have been, you know, anecdotally uh, very afraid of in terms of the debt levels in China and, you know, a, a possible debt bubble in China, we've seen the downgrade coming through, and this is definitely something to watch, uh, Sakina, because China is systemic to the global economy at the moment, and, uh, you know, a hard landing and a debt bubble burst for China will have adverse consequences for the globe over, and something just to keep an eye on. And just a final one, Nadir, about the risk of passive investing in South Africa. Yeah, Sakina, you know, there's been a lot being made about passive investing over the recent past in terms of the reduced fees that you pay, and as a result of the reduced fees, your, fee, your, your returns are, uh, are, are compounded over a long period of time to give you a superior return uh, given how expensive active managers are. Now, you know, if you're picking a poor active manager um, who's constructing a poor portfolio, uh, you know, the, the, there's an argument to be made for the significant fee reductions in terms of passive investing. However, you know, passive investing, um, you know, listeners should be aware that comes with its own set of risks in terms of you tracking benchmarks, which obviously have severe biases in the way that they're constructed. So, you know, if we look at uh, the all-share index as an example, NASPERS is currently 80 or almost 18% of that index, you know. So uh, 18% of your money is going into one stock, which is essentially dependent on, um, you know, online consumer uh, online consumption in China uh, continuing to grow at, at, at alarming rates that it's growing at the moment, you know. So I think, you know, betting that much capital on just one theme coming through obviously exposes investors to a significant amount of risk. Um, and instead of just focusing on uh, having the minimum cost possible, obviously costs are exceptionally important. It should be a combination of minimizing your costs but also investing in a portfolio which doesn't have untoward biases and untoward risks in terms of concentration and a lack of diversification of your sources of underlying returns. So I think it's balancing those two counteracting factors rather than just focusing on minimizing costs at all other, at, at, minimizing expenses at all other costs and not worrying about a diversified portfolio at all. Oh, we're going to leave it there for this morning. Thank you so much, Nadir Token, Investment Analyst at 274 Investment Managers. AM Live with Sakina Kamwendo on SAFM.